Well, welcome to Gardening Talk Back for a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, lovely to see you once again. Hello, hello, hello. You're looking very happy to be here today. Yeah, and look, you and I both got a bit of facial hair on as well at the yeah, moment. Something yeah. a little bit different. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're back in the seventies. It's, it's going to come back, these trends, and everyone's going to be loving it. Oh, my wardrobe's just waiting to come around. <laughs> what do you got for us today, Scott? Well, I thought we'd talk about those winds out there and what you can do to uh, protect your garden from them, because it is the time of year for the westerlies. Chinese star jasmine's about to come out and flower, and uh, if you've got azaleas in flower, what to do just to prolong them going a little bit uh, longer. Now, Scott, you mentioned it's getting a little bit windier this time of year. Yes, it's very dry out there as well, isn't it? It's very dry. Yeah. You know when people start saying, oh, it's dry, that's when it's dry. <laughs> How's your grass growing? It would be a bit crunchy underfoot oh, as well. It's still it? very crunchy underfoot. Yeah, I haven't had to mow it for a while. That's been good. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, I've got a rapis palm at home in the backyard, and uh, it's sort of uh, it's under the eaves a little bit on the north side of the house, and it's uh, looking pretty sad at the moment because I have neglected to water it, but just the low humidity because palms actually absorb uh, moisture through their leaves as well. Yep, uh, and it's looking pretty sad at the moment, and and now that we've got these westerly winds blowing across, it's going to look even worse, and most plants are going to uh, really suffer at the moment. It's always amazing. Though, because deciduous plants are starting to burst out at the moment, all the rubinias, golden rubinias around town, sapiums are, are coming out, and uh, you know I think they can suffer a little bit in the westerly winds as well because that, uh, those leaves that are coming out are quite uh, you know soft; they're, they're not very hard at the moment. Yep. Uh, so if you have got deciduous plants, especially new ones, it's really good to give them a deep soaking at the moment. Uh, just get one of those little uh, you know metal bubbler sprinklers and just let it sort of let it bubble away around okay, the root yep. system of the plant. Yeah, don't sort of mist it everywhere in, into the world. That's not uh, you know. It can cool things down. It's not helping the plant that much, though. No, it really needs that that deep watering down into the soil for uh, you know fifteen or twenty minutes, just sort of bubbling away there. That's really helpful. Uh, look, if you have got any other softer plants, uh, you know, even some uh, spathphyllums or you know philodendrons or things you might have out in your veranda, they're going to suffer at the moment as well with the the uh, low humidity and the westerly wind. So even just give them mist if you want to, uh, but make sure you're watering them. Even have a saucer of water underneath them, but uh, misting around them really will help them. Do that early in the morning. Uh, and then again, again, when you get home from work, and uh, give them a go then. Can you put up big walls or something to to break the wind? Yeah, look, I guess you can do that. But uh, I think just the generally the low humidity and the, the lack of rain that we've had. Uh, I know at my place, uh, I've got sort of cracks in my dado walls at, at, uh, in my lounge room that start to open up. And I know, oh, it's dry out there at the moment. And as soon as it rains and the humidity comes back, it all closes back up oh. again. So, yeah. Well, I had a bit of a pre-look of the forecast for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Because usually the last few weeks just been nothing but sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Next Tuesday we might get rain. Had a little rain symbol on there. Okay. So maybe next Tuesday. Well, it's going to be fantastic for the garden. But you know what happens? We get about three or four days rain, and then everyone starts complaining about, oh, we've had too much mm, rain. It's too oh. wet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but look, really, to to get the garden going at the moment, we are going to need three or four days of good, steady, soaking rain. Yep. Because you know that that first day, I reckon most of it's just going to run off off, off the top of the soil. I uh, watered my front garden uh, yesterday. And it was, it was just, you could see the the hydrophobic, uh, you know, soil. It was just sort of pooling around on the top and wasn't soaking through. It was almost running away, um, you know, like mercury does on, on a, on a uh, you know, a smooth surface. It didn't want to be absorbed. And no, it did not want to be absorbed <laughs> at all. So it's going to take quite a few days of good soaking rain for that uh, moisture to absorb back into the soil and uh, really help the plants. So fingers crossed we do get some rain hope sooner. that little rain symbol comes to fruition. I hope so. Yes. And we've got Craig from Charlestown. Scott, he's got a question about passion fruits. Hey, Craig, how can we help you with it? Uh, g'day, Scott. How are you going? Yeah, pretty well, mate. How about you? That's the way. Yeah. Pretty good. bit yeah. hot, but anyway. <laughs> well, we'll survive. Handling we'll... it. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Mate, there's that many different varieties of passion fruits. Mm-hmm. 
around. And back in the 50s, there was a passion fruit. I used to do a bit of work for Atkinson's Nursery. Oh, yeah. Merriweather. Yep, yep, which is, where we, which is where we came from. I remember yeah. Roy and Norm here back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I just lived around the corner from okay. Tanya's. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they had one that was called the New Guinea Passion Fruit. Now, I was just wondering which one that would be. That's what they called it back in the 50s. Uh, would that be the Nelly Kelly or the no. Panorama? Yeah, look, it wouldn't be the Nelly... Yeah, it wouldn't be the Nelly Kelly because Nelly Kelly is a grafted passion fruit. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So essentially it's uh, sort of a, a Norfolk, um, um, you know, black passion fruit grafted onto wild root stock. So it wouldn't have been that. Right. Uh, look, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that one was. And I'm, I'm afraid we probably haven't even got any records or anything. Or, you know, you're, you're probably the best uh, with some knowledge about it from back then. I was only, yeah. a, boy, I was only a boy, unfortunately. <laughs> Never kept the seeds. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah so look, yeah. You, you can you can either go that grafted way with the Nelly Kellys, or you can just go with the normal black ones, uh, which are seed grown. Uh, look, six one half a dozen the other. You will get more fruit off a of Nelly Kelly uh, because yeah. of that graft. Uh, there are yellow okay. ones. There's red ones as well. You can get, uh, and I think there's banana passion fruit out there as well that people also grow. Oh yeah, so yeah. I've grown the white one from up the coast, but mm-hmm. they didn't seem to last long. The vines a day or die off after a few years. Yeah, look, I, I think... Uh, Around here, which one? Yeah. You reckon? I, I think the Nelly Kelly is the best. Uh, you just yeah. have to be careful with the graft, though, for the first three or four months because the wild rootstock will try and take over. So you just have right. to make sure that you, you know, go out there every week and just sort of, you know, run your fingers down the, you know, just down below the graft and try and get rid of any shoots that are coming from below the graft. Uh, eventually, you know, the top part of the plant will take over. But for that, yeah. uh, you know, that first three, to four months there's a bit of a tussle between them to see which one's going to be the strongest and uh, eventually yeah. uh, eventually the one will take over uh, up the top but you just have to you know wipe wipe them off i just say wiping them off uh, any shoots from down below the graft okay i'll get an early curly and uh, what do you think feeding was what would you give them yeah look if you've got them in the ground and that's the best yeah. place to have a passion fruit they just won't do too well in a pot uh just some cow manure around them they love some cow manure Okay. Be, right. caref- be careful not to put too much nitrogen. You know, nitrogen-rich fertilizer around passion fruits because you'll get a fantastic vine, but then yeah. you won't necessarily get the fruit that you want on there. And if you, you know, you do want to, you can get some sulfate of potash and add that into the soil every month right. or so as well. You wouldn't put any uh, sudden impact. That's too much nitrogen. Uh, no sudden impact will be fine. That's a nice balanced plant food, so that'll be okay. Okay. Then, yeah. well, that's. Uh... All I need to know, I've got the right passion to get now. Nelly Kelly, crafted. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Right, thanks for all that. Okay, good on you, Craig. Thanks for calling in. See you, Scott. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, Craig. We've got Sina now from Wanji, and she's got a question about tulip bulbs. Oh, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) Okay. I've had had primulas in, right? Yes. They've been perfect, wonderful. I've never planted them before, but they've gone terrific. But now they're going to seed. What do I do now? Yeah, so with with premiers going to seed, it really is time just to start pulling them out. Pull them out? Yeah, as soon as we get to this hot weather, uh, you know, plants like cinerarias, primula, uh, even pansies, you know, they just start to get really flag. They'll yellow off. uh, They'll very quickly go to seed at this time of year. Uh, So it is time to pull them out and uh, replant with the summer annuals, uh, you know, like dianthus, petunias, uh, any of those ones will do really, really well at this time of year. Okay. Now, bulbs. Yes. I bought some... Tulip bulbs, they're not bulbs, they're plants mm-hmm. from the tulip place down south. Um, they told me to wait till they flower 
and die down and take them out of the pot and keep them in a dry place. Now, what do they mean by a dry place? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you let them die right down because as it's dying down, that's actually feeding the bulb for next year and giving it energy. So make sure you let it die right down. Then you pull it back out of the pot. And uh, typically people will put it into a a paper bag of some sort or even a hessian sack and then just stick it somewhere, hang it in the garage somewhere, you know, just somewhere where it's not going to be moist and, uh, you know, that the bulb can draw up moisture and rot away. So you don't water them or anything? No, no, no. Once they've gone dormant, you just put them into a bag, not into a plastic bag. It has to be a bag that's going to breathe in some way, and that's why Uh, it used to be... A Hessian bag or a paper bag? Yeah, paper bag. Just hang it somewhere in the garage, you know, or just, you know, put it on the bench or whatever, and uh, they'll they'll be fine. So it has to be actually a cool spot because... Yeah, sometimes the bench gets a lot of heat on it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Look, you could stick them under the house as well if you wanted to. Make sure that they're just raised up so they're not sitting, uh, you know, on the ground and drawing up moisture. They're not to be sitting on the ground, okay? Yeah, that's fine. Now, what about the cyclamen? The same thing? Uh, Yes, you can actually just leave cyclamen in the pot if you want to. They'll go back to a corm as well. Uh, But if you, you know, if you want to, you can lift those out and again store them in a dry spot as well. Okay. Excellent. Thanks very much for that. Okay. Thank Thank you, you, Sina. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. You've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Jeff from Harrington. He's got another question about passion fruits. Excellent. How can we help you with it, Jeff? Well, uh, we don't appear to be getting flowers on it at the moment, mm-hmm. and we should be. And last year it was uh, really thriving with them. But this year it seems uh, like it's dry, and yet when we water it, the leaves are still folding up and everything like that. So I don't know what is wrong with it. Passion fruit can get a mite on them. Uh, look, I would think it'd be unusual at this time of year. Uh, have you had much rain in your area? No. No. Look, no. I, I would say that's going to be your first port of call in this instance. Uh, make sure it's being really well watered. Get a sprinkler of some sort, a little bubble sprinkler, and just mm-hmm. let it bubble around You know where you can locate the root system and yep. uh, really try and deep soak the plant. I, I think just the low level of humidity that we've got at the moment uh, would be affecting the passion fruit. I have noticed that it does get some yellow uh, spots on there. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's anything to do with any bugs or that, I don't know. Look, it, it could be. Uh, if you want to, you can take some photos and uh, email them into us mm-hmm. at at our website, which is gardening at com. Excellent. So if you want to, okay. and, and I'll have a look at that for you, it could be insect-related, um, but uh, look, it's a little bit early for that sort of thing at the moment. We're just coming out yep. of winter. Uh, you know, the yep. bugs really haven't woken up and uh, come back to life at the moment. But certainly, mm-hmm. uh, take some photos, just email them in, and we'll have a squeeze at it for you. Great. Thanks, Scott. Excellent. Have a good afternoon, Jeff. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. And we've got Ian from Charlestown. He's looking for some advice on how he can improve his lawn. Hey, Ian, what's wrong with it? Okay, Scott, I've got a buffalo lawn that, except for the weather, is usually quite good. Mm-hmm. And each year I uh, try to put either some blood and bone or surely 17 on it. But it doesn't look like it's um, it's not... It, it's been getting worse, I suppose. I'm just wondering whether I should be putting something else on it rather than those two products that might uh, help help it along a bit. No, no, look, the, the two products you're using are fine. Uh, if you wanted to, you could actually uh, lightly spread some poultry manure over it, or if, if you, you know, wanted to go the whole hog, you could actually give it a light top dress as well. And most top dressers that you buy have got a lot of poultry manure in them already. 
and that will really help it along. Now the thing with the, your number 17 is once you've used that you have to make sure that you water it in very very well because if you only just lightly spray it it just sort of starts to break down and then it actually releases and starts to burn the lawn quite badly so it has to be you know quite heavily hosed in. Uh, look, I would think at the moment, uh, it, we, you know, we're talking about how dry it is. I would think that your lawn's looking a little bit crispy. I could hand you over to Greg here now to give you some lawn advice, but... Um, just, right. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to say, just water it, I'd say, yeah. I've been listening to some of that. Thanks very much, yeah. <laughs> I would say just water it at the moment. Uh, I'd, I'd cut, I wouldn't worry about fertilising. You don't want to stress your lawn out too much when it is dry uh, because fertilising it, you know, will... Uh, you know, stress it out. It's trying to absorb up that fertilizer and do stuff with it, and it hasn't got the moisture in the soil to be able to do it. So wait until we get some decent rain, and then uh, maybe give it some. Just to get a couple of bags of poultry manure and just lightly sort of sprinkle that over it. The lawn really loves uh, poultry manure just straight like that. Sounds like wonderful advice. Thank you very okay, much for that. Mate, mate, nice definitely make yeah. sure that we get some rain before you go and do that. Will do. Thank you. Love your show. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Ian. Cheers. Well, thanks for throwing to my. Oh. Grass expertise. <laughs> I think any, anyone who rings up about lawn now, we're just going to go straight to Greg. <laughs> well, I was nearly going to suggest just concrete it, and you're done. Oh, that used to work back in the 60s and 70s, but uh, not anymore. Not anymore. No, I've seen some nice astroturf around though. It can work. Astroturf, really? Yeah, it, it looks quite uh, realistic now. Well, I've never seen realistic astroturf. Yeah, you don't get magpies and stuff coming down and you know landing and trying to eat stuff out of it. But uh, oh, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah, but it still sort of softens the area up if you've got a you know difficult area that you can't uh, get lawn to actually grow in. Okay. Yeah. Astroturf. Yeah, it's not cheap though. So uh, anyway, no, just better off growing your own lawn then. Yeah. yeah. We've got Ken now from East Maitland, and he's got a question about broccoli. How can we help yeah. you with it, Ken? Yeah, it's not broccoli. It's broccoli. You know, broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've grown it and it's come up, it's probably about 18 inches to two foot high. But instead of it going to heads like the, like the stuff you buy in the shop, mine went, goes to little yellow flowers and doesn't sort of, you know, doesn't, it goes to that first, but before it thickens up or anything, it goes yellow. Yellow flowers on it. Yeah, so look, it, it just sounds like it's it's going to seed uh, too quickly, yeah. and and that can happen with some plants. Look, typically it happens with coriander very easily. Rocket can go to seed as well, very easily. Now the great thing about those particular plants is that you can, you know, give them a cut back and try and stop them going to seed like that. Uh, but you know, okay. you can't do that with with yours, unfortunately, because that's you know you, that's not what you want to. Uh, that's not you know, the, the part that you're going to be harvesting off the plant. So uh, that's that's a really difficult one to do. And often it just comes down to the climate. Uh, you know, we might have had, you know, a warm spell and then a cooler spell. And it, it just tricks the plant into thinking that it's time to go to seed. So once it has gone to seed like that, it might just be time to pull it out and, you know, try again. Uh, well, so the idea is don't try and grow it. <laughs> well, look, you can... Unfortunately, just the way the weather gets a bit crazy at times, you know, you just get a couple of warm days and then the plant gets these triggers and it says, oh, it's time to go to seed, it's warm enough now, and off it'll go. So, look, you might have luck next year, um, but this year, unfortunately, you probably haven't had luck. I've spoken to a few other people that grow it, you mm -hmm. know, that have grown it, and the same thing's happened to them too. Yeah, and, and I think that's what it's come down to. It's not anything you're doing, so don't beat yourself up about it. Uh, it's, just the, um, it's just the climatic uh, conditions we've had. Okay. Thank you. Okay, not a problem. Sorry about it. I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, Ken, but uh, sometimes you just... Uh, Pull it out. Yeah, <laughs> you, you just can't uh, do anything about it. It's not your fault. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, with all this hot weather we've had at the moment, it's hard to sort of look after your plants and keep them constantly watered. And Yeah, it, it is. But what the plants don't like is that up and down. You know, uh, let's say, you know, three weeks ago we had a couple of hot days and then all of a sudden it goes cool again. Yep. And that's when the plant, you know, it's, it's going, oh, well. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? It, it's warm. All of a sudden I'm going to start doing these things because it's, it's what the temperature is telling me to do. Yep. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, then you get cold again and it, and it just triggers the plant into doing stuff that it shouldn't be doing. Very good. Gardening talk back on to when you are FM. 49216216 is the number to call if you'd like to ask Scott a question. And we've got Sylvia, and she needs advice about getting rid of ants in the garden. Hey, Sylvia, how can we help you? Uh, I put in seedlings, Mm -hmm. and out of about 12 uh, Lebanese cucumbers, I've only got three left, and I put in a row of peas, or I'd have less than half left. And I've got a suspicion it's ants that's eating them. <laughs> so you're feeding your resident ant colony somewhere, I are you? I think so, oh. and I don't know what to do about it. Well, you, look, you can get rid of them. Uh, and the best way to do that, and you can just get ant dusts and actually sprinkle that around the soil, and it won't actually harm the seeds that you're putting in. Yeah. And so any ants that are coming along there will uh, you know, be disrupted by that. They'll take it back to their nest, and hopefully uh, that'll uh, sort of send them away, and they won't come stealing your seeds anymore. And what did you call it? Ant dust. Yes, yeah, so you just get uh, ant dust. You just sort of sprinkle it around. Uh, if, yeah. you, if you wanted to, you can also get liquid uh, poisons for ants. And to do that, you'd actually mix it up in the watering can and just generally drench the area around where you're putting the seeds. And then, you know, wait a few days and then put the seeds in and let them go. But the, I think the main thing is for you to try and actually find the, uh, the nest. Yeah. And then you and can use that dust put, put there. It- Straight on, but I, I haven't really noticed. I wasn't looking for it, mm-hmm. and I'm looking, waiting for my plants to come up, and I've lost so many. Yes, yeah. So it might, might be worth you know having a bit of a scout around out there, and you know trying to find uh, where that ant's nest is, because uh, it's probably yeah. going, it's probably going to be in the area somewhere. Obviously, I think there's more than one by the look of it. <laughs> so, you, and once you once you've discovered it, you can uh, then get a poison. You can actually mix it up in the watering can and drench it in the area. And uh, you know, try and get rid of them. Uh, poor little ants, of course. But um, yeah, I know. I, know, I don't I know. like doing it, but I don't like to lose my seedlings either. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm sure there's plenty more ants out there in the world to. to... Thank you very okay. much for your help. Have a good day. You too, Sylvia. Have a nice afternoon. We've got Wayne from Jules. Here he's got a question about buffalo grass. How can we help yes. you with it, Wayne? I've- I've got two different lots of buffalo. I've got out the back for water, and with this dry weather, it's going gangbusters. And the dog waters it, so I've got no dead <laughs> catches, which it should have. But out the front and along the side, I've got normal buffalo, and truly, it's as dead as a doornail. I've even tried giving it water. What's the go? What's different? What should I be doing? Yeah, unfortunately, it, it is water, uh, and it's going to take a lot of rain, I think, probably to get it back to life for you. Uh, you know, sticking, and you can't really go and stick the hose on there for three or four hours, and you know, because your water bill would be up, and you know, your neighbours will all be a bit cranky with you as well. <laughs> um, so, look, I think it's just waiting. Uh, the great thing about grass, though, um, you know, in all grasses, is the root system stays, you know, alive. It gets dormant down there when it's too hot, and once it does rain, it will just come back very, very quickly for you. The main thing is, though, that you try and keep the weeds out of it uh, and any bare patches. You don't want weeds getting in there, uh, so that once right. it does rain, that the grass will just spread back over. Over there for you. The other question I've got is, would it be better off digging that up and then putting the water? Because I've noticed the water is very robust. 
Yeah, look, and it is a very robust lawn. Uh, look, that just comes down to uh, your inclination, mate. If you've got the t- the time and the uh, and the strength to go out there and do it, uh, or you know, we'll pay someone to do it for you. Uh, but certainly, that is a way to go if you want to, uh, you know, try and get a you know similar uh, appearance from your back and front uh, front lawns. But, Excellent. Thank but, you very much. But look, gen- generally, you know, we've had rain by this time of year. We've you know having afternoon storms and things. So I just think we've got a bit of an anomaly at the moment uh, that it's so dry. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, good luck. And and your dog sounds like an absolute champion as well, Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Cheers, Wayne. We've got Christine now, and she needs advice about growing a veggie patch. How can we help you, Christine? Hi, Scott. Um, I started a veggie patch um, last year, and um, I grew some corn and um, some beetroot and tomatoes that didn't do all that well. Um, The veggie patch has been dormant during the winter, yes. um, I want to start it again and um, didn't know what to um, give it um, as a way of nutrients. Yeah, so look, what you do with uh, your vegetable patch uh, for summer, uh, spring and summer, is you typically put uh, cow manure through that. So you uh-huh. just get some cow manure, dig it right through, till it through, start to water it as well. You don't plant directly into it, though. You wait about a week until that uh, manure sort of cooled down, is the way I like to describe it. Uh, because uh-huh. if you plant in there too early, you'll actually do quite a lot of damage to your seedlings and seeds. Uh, so, yeah, just plenty of cow manure in there, till it over. Uh, you know, some blood and bone as well, if you want to. You can give that a crack in there. Uh-huh. And then just make sure you wait that week or a little bit longer, and then off you go uh, and, and plant away. Okay, um... What was I going to say? No, that's, um, that's all right. <laughs> the, the, with the cow manure, is it best to have the um, actual cow manure or is the package stuff okay as well? Well, in fact, you're probably best to have screened cow manure that comes in the bags because if you get the one that's come directly from the cow out in the paddock, uh, those cows eat, uh, I believe they eat grass and weed and you yes. know, so all sorts of seed goes through them. And uh, unfortunately, uh, going through the cow doesn't necessarily kill all of that weed. So you'd be introducing a whole lot of different weeds and stuff uh, directly into your garden bed that you probably don't want. So cow manure is actually heat treated, and that's uh, when it goes into the bags. Uh, it's heat treated and it kills all of the weeds in there for you. All right, great. Yeah. So I mean, I know it seems a bit of a misnomer if you've got uh, you know old Betsy sort of out in the front paddock or something like that. You don't want to walk behind her and pick it up, but uh, you you will be introducing uh, you know weeds back into your garden. No, I thought I thought the bag would be a better option. Yeah. And just one more question about my succulents. Yes. Um, They always seem to have a lot of um, spider webs in them. What's the best way of getting rid of spider webs? Yeah, I have noticed that with succulents. They can get spiders uh, sort of hiding down into the uh, nooks and crannies of them. Uh, Look, unfortunately, the only thing you can do with that is spray, not with uh, house spray because that's going to burn the plant uh, plant very badly. Uh, You need to use a product like Malathon uh, and actually just give it a general spray over there and get rid of them. All right. Okay. If you go to to your garden centre or a hardware store, they will usually have a spider spray uh, that you can use and is safe to use around plants that you mix up with water and spray around. All right, then. Thank you very much, Scott. Excellent. Thank you, Christine. Have a good day. But remember... Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Spiders are usually a sign of a healthy garden, though, so... It's, yeah, it's good to have spiders around. Yeah, isn't it? I, I love spiders around. Uh, you know, the, the big ones that have the big orbs. Uh, you know, in spring and summer, I think it's fantastic having them around. We were feeding one at work last year. 
got quite fat, right. had babies, and uh, yeah, we'd, we'd find grasshoppers and toss the grasshoppers into the into the web. And well, she'd there's come a way how you can get rid of a grasshopper. Well, you had to catch the grasshopper first. So. <laughs> I'm just imagining you know, running around the garden centre trying to catch grasshoppers. Yes, take the grasshopper from my palm, and then, grasshopper, <laughs> and then throwing them into a spider's web. Yes, yeah, that was my, that was my morning. I really enjoyed doing that. <laughs> and we've got Anne from Adawi now, Scott. She's got a question about parsley. Hello, Anne. How can we help you? Hello, Scott. Uh, look, I have a very sick parsley. Um, I don't know whether I've been overwatering it. It was beautiful and lush. It was the big one, and it's half dead. <laughs> um, big white, you know, half it's green, half it's white sort of thing. Yeah. It needs a, a very good trim back again. But um, is it... Look, I was watering my mint every day and I was doing that at the same time. Then I stopped. Someone said, you're watering it too much. So I'm not doing that as much. I'm wondering what I can do or feed it with or... Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't feed it at the moment. I think just with the, the... Is it in a pot or in the ground, actually, I should be asking? It's a big pot. Big pot. Big, big, big pot, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't be feeding at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you're probably going to stress it out a little bit too much just with the low humidity that we've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd just make sure you get back and uh, start watering it again, even, you know, a couple of times a day at the moment with the uh, westerly winds that we've got oh, blowing okay. across it. Yeah. Yeah, same same with the mint as well if you want to. Yeah, I do keep the mint up, but mm-hmm. just, um, just keep watering it. And... Yeah. Definitely right. so, and give it a prune back if you want to. I'll uh, cut all the dead out of it. Yeah, absolutely again. do that, and you'll get some nice sort of fresh, softer leaves anyway. They're always a bit more tasty. They haven't got that slight bitter taste uh, okay. that they get all to right. them. Yeah, give it a cut back, plenty of water. Uh, hope, hopefully we'll get some, uh, you know, uh, summer and spring uh, mm. storms again, and all mm. will be well. All right, then. Well, thanks very much, Scott. Not a problem. Thank okay. you very much, Anne. Bye. Bye-bye. And we've got Cole now from Rutherford, and he's got a question about golden nugget passion fruits. Hey, Cole, how can we help you? Now, I've got an unusual passion fruit. Yes? A golden nugget. Have you ever heard about them? I have heard about those. They're not yellow. They're a little bit darker than that. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 How's, it, uh, how's yours growing, mate? I've only just got it the other day. I've got it in the ground now. Going ahead with it, so yeah, I'll yeah. let you know later on yeah, well, look, how it goes. Look, they should do pretty well. They're a pretty uh, hardy and prolific uh, sort of... Uh, passion fruit uh in, and it'll start um you know flowering oh yours won't but uh you know next year it'll flower and fruit uh, f- uh a little bit earlier than most passion fruits so uh you know as we go into sort of august uh, september it'll start to flower and fruit for you into summer so yeah they they uh, those ones are fruit just a touch earlier for you oh right uh, yeah, yeah but look, no look you should have a, a great plant there make sure you uh plant it out in the full sun and uh yeah, it's in the full full sun there's so it's going to go up a- up a tree there to see how it goes. Yeah, excellent. Look, it'll do really well. Uh, some cow manure as well. Maybe not straight away, but uh, in a couple of months' time, just give it some cow manure and uh, just feed it on a little bit. Right, Adam. Thanks very much. Excellent. Uh, good on you, Cole. Thank you. Okay, thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Now, Scott, I think we've got time for maybe one more caller. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Always, always. <laughs> It's not oh, up to me. It's up to you. You're I'm pressing the button. Glad I had your permission. <laughs> we've got Kathy now from the junction. She's got a question about formless roses. Hey, Kathy, how can yes, we help I you do. with it? Yes. Hi. Now, yes, I've actually had them recently, a large one recently cut back. And in the past, I've been able to put cuttings just straight into soil. About four out of six will actually take. Yeah. Is there something I should be doing to support getting all of the cuttings to take? Yes. Now, this is the question I always love asking. Have you got any rooting powder there, Kathy? 
you do don't have at the moment. Okay, well, that's really going to be helpful. It's, uh, it's uh, I guess, a sort of a hormone powder that you actually dip the uh, cutting into, and it does help it uh, root out and take root into the soil. Uh, it's, it's really important to use that. Uh, you get a much better success rate. Fantastic. Now, um, as far as watering, what should I do as far as watering so I don't overwater? Yeah, so you should have it in a nice well-drained mix, uh, usually a propagation mix, and you just sort of water it as normal in a way uh, because it should drain through that and you want it to be moist so that the plant's getting that trigger, hey, time to put my roots out into this soil and get on going. So don't be, uh, you know, don't think you're overwatering it. Don't have it in a saucer or anything like that, but make sure it's in a propagation mix. Uh, use your rooting powder and uh, just water as normal and uh, always leave any rose cuttings in there for quite some time, you know, six to nine months. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you disturb them too early, that's when you will actually lose them. Perfect. Thank you so much. Good luck with it, Cathy. And I must say, with the spider webs, I used to catch cockroaches for mine and throw them into the web. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) They love them. (laughs) Nice work. And that gets rid of those nasty little guys out of the kitchen and stuff as well. (laughs) Exactly. Outside the big ones. Okay, good on you, Cathy. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. That's amazing. Yes, Kathy must be quick. She must be like a ninja warrior over there at the junction, sort of and catching. Because they're pretty quick cockroaches. They are. Yeah, I'm. I'm struggling to catch the old grasshopper. They sort of look at me with their beady eye, but I get them. But uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd go for the old cocky. No, no, live and let live with the cocky. Just give it a good old spray <laughs> for me. Yeah, that's much more easy to do. It certainly is. Well, the cat, the cat gets after them sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think the dog usually every now and then chases after oh, them. Oh, not my dogs. You must have a much better dog than me. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, mine just sort of lay there. Watch the world go by. <laughs> I think as a kid, I used to get ants and put them into spider webs. Just to see what would happen. Right, okay, okay. I probably shouldn't could, have shared yeah, that one. Yeah, we get a little bit macabre and cruel here. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to back out of the room later on, keep my eyes on you. I'm a little bit worried now. Fair enough. Yeah. I do look a bit mischievous with this moustache as you well. You certainly do. <laughs> and anything else before you want to talk about before you call it a day? Yes, I, I just thought we'd have a, a quick talk about uh, Chinese star jasmine. This is one of those ones where you don't do as I did this morning. I was at home briefly and I thought, oh, I'm in betwixt and in between here. I'll just give my... Uh, Chinese star jasmine hedge a quick uh, cut out the front because I had all the tools in the car. Yep, but as I, as I started to look at it, I thought oh, that was a bad thing to do because it's about to flower and look really, really nice in a few weeks' time. So yeah. effectively, I've cut all the flowering off my uh, Chinese star jasmine hedge. So if you want it to flower, um, don't go pruning your Chinese star jasmine hedge at the moment. Leave it be. Uh, but if you need to neaten it up like I did, obviously you have to go and do it. Uh, but yeah, if you want it to flower, now's the time to actually leave it alone. So, Do you kind of regret doing it? Uh, no, because it was getting a little bit out of hand. I keep my uh, Vespa parked right near it, and it was actually starting to grow all around the Vespa, and I couldn't actually use the bike the other day. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. So, now look, the other thing is uh, azaleas at the moment, they're out in full flower, uh, or have been. They're starting to get towards the end of their flowering period. Uh, so you just have to be careful uh, with these westerly winds again. We seem to be talking about that a lot at the moment, uh, just to make sure that you watering them to try and sustain that flowering as much as possible. Don't go sort of sprinkling all over the plant, but again, a nice deep watering around the soil. Uh, take any deadhead, uh, any azalea flowers off that are looking a little bit scungy, and uh, hopefully you'll get to, you know at least a couple more weeks out of those beautiful plants at the moment. Very good. Yeah.
Anything else? Uh, yeah, and look, the other thing I uh, thought we could uh, talk about um, was uh, gardenias as well. They're sort of in a, a similar situation uh, to the azaleas at the moment, but they're getting ready to uh, to uh, put their flowers out, and that means they get a little bit stressed. And I think with the lack of water as well, uh, you know, they're looking a little bit tired and yellow at the moment. So uh, you can give them some... Uh, uh, sulfate of iron uh, that's really good for them uh, some cow manure if you want to but again make sure you're watering uh, really really well uh, sorry that's shellated iron I should have said uh, make sure you're watering really really well at this point in time with the gardenias because they will be budding up and you're going to get a fantastic display in about three to four weeks time out of your gardenias but they get very very stressed when it's dry and they're producing their flowers very good that's one of the big themes today I think watering I think it has been hasn't it and uh, I think as the temperatures are sort of rising now in the last few days, we're, we're really starting to realise how dry it yep. is out there. Uh, you know, I think we've, it's been masked somewhat by the, the cooler temperatures that we've had. And we're looking around and, uh, you know, we're having people ring up about their lawns and things where they've, uh, you know, at this time of year, normally they'd be starting to see it uh, grow. Um, but, yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll get some rain very soon. You're forecasting it? Hopefully. Next Tuesday. We'll see how you go. Hopefully my prediction comes true. Well, I'll just do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.